We've been asked by Scripture to return tithe back to the Lord. What is tithe? Where does it go? What is it used for? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome back to Inverse, y'all. We are very excited that you decided to join us on this episode on, on topics on stewardship and particularly on tithe. Uh, we covered last week about tithe and what it is. And this, you know, this quarter has been a very good study on stewardship. I don't know Absolutely if you guys, has, I've yeah. been blessed. Mm-hmm. And Me too. I thought stewardship was about money and money, money, money and on another episode of money. But this, there's some good stuff going on around here. This one is on money, but This, this one is on, <laughs> on, on money. Yeah. Um, well, Sebastian, can you ask the Lord for his blessing on our conversation today? It's a, it's a, it's a complicated <coughs> topic, but it's, it's, it's going to be a good study on Scripture. So we're going to ask the, for the Holy Spirit's help here. Absolutely. Yeah, let's pray. Mighty God, what a privilege it is, Lord, to study your word. Lord, we know that this tithe is holy unto you. And we pray, Lord, that as we open the pages of Scripture, that our hearts may be open, not just to return something out of debt and with a grudging heart, but, Father, with joy and with understanding is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sebastian. Jerry, let's read from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13 and 14. Okay. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Okay, so Israel, first question goes to you. Like, can you explain that verse? And it's yeah. kind of an obscure verse. It's not the first verse mm-hmm. that people think of when, you, when, when you're, you're sharing the, a Bible verse. Yes. So what's, what's going on here? Paul is speaking about tithe. What God, or what, Paul is, what God is telling us through Paul here is that there's two things in relation to tithe that God specifically tells us in this text. Number one is that we should give tithe, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But in addition to that, they, he also outlines, he sets a foundation for not only the fact that God has a request for us to tithe, but that he also has a plan by which he wants us to give tithe. In other words, there's, there's, he, he uses this word here, the Lord has commanded. The, the King James Version uses the word ordained. God has a plan for how we should give mm-hmm. and how it should be used. Mm-hmm. So we, we looked at tithe last episode. So uh, what is, it's really brief, you guys know what, what, what is tithe? Just you know, popcorn it out. 10%. 10%. Of your back increase. Of your increase. Absolutely. Okay? And then that goes to, to the Lord. And then here, uh, Israel, you're mentioning that... Um, that God has a plan for it. In other words, He ordained that it should be used in a specific way. purpose for yeah. it. Okay, what is that purpose? What is purpose? Well, well when you look at the, when you look there in in, um, verse 13 and verse 14, 13, okay. you see a parallel between what you minister in and how you are supported, mm-hmm. right? So in verse 13, he says, those who minister the holy things mm-hmm. eat of the things, right? Mm-hmm. Those who serve, they partake. Verse 14, those who preach the gospel live from the gospel. Mm-hmm. So God's ideal is that he doesn't want people preaching the gospel worried about where their bread and water are coming from, mm. right? He wants you to be comfortable and confident that as I serve God and I'm spending and being spent for the Lord, that I'm going to be taken care of. Home mm-hmm. base is going to be handled and my needs will be met. So this, this special fund is not used for, for special projects about sending people to Mars or, you know, researching on no. biochemical stuff. Justin, There's a purpose here. Yeah, the re- yeah. The roots of this are back in the Old Testament when God had 
12 tribes of Israel, they uh -huh. came out of Egypt. Now, it bears note, actually, that the tithing system came before that. We looked at that. We saw Abraham doing mm -hmm. it. We saw Jacob doing it. But specifically... So it's not a Jewish thing, but it can go back to... No, it's totally... Yeah, it's mm -hmm. totally not, not a Jewish thing. It mm -hmm. totally predates that. Mm -hmm. But... When, when God's people came out of Egypt, there were 12 tribes. One of those tribes was set apart for the purpose of ministry, administrating in, in God's temple and all of those things. Every other tribe had an inheritance. They had land. They had their their uh, their own um, set apart, the yeah, income and all these things. All of those things, yeah. but but they the, the Levites weren't a part of that. They were set apart. They were to work in the temple. They were to represent God. They had no inheritance. They had no income. They had no crops. They had no livestock. Mm -hmm. So because of that, um, God ordained the system so that they would be cared for and they could focus on so they don't have to go farming and they have the to people. go you know harvesting. They can just work on the Lord's things and and just focus on that. And that applies still today still to today. us. Yeah, mm -hmm. excellent. Let's go to Malachi chapter three. And Malachi chapter three is kind of the quintessential verse on tithe that we have a far time hard time finding. <laughs> Let's see, Malachi chapter three. Verse 10, and um, Jared, do you mind reading that for us? Verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that mm -hmm. there may be food in my house, mm -hmm. and try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, that I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. Okay, so this, this, this is often quoted. How mm -hmm. is, what's the context this is quoted in uh, at first glance, superficially? First glance, well, the thing that, that gets me in, in this passage starts out saying, you, you're, you're robbing from me, mm. right? Mm -hmm. God says, you're withholding this from me. Mm. But then he says, Re return it back, send it to the storehouse, and you will receive a blessing uh, from me that there's not room enough to, to receive it. Mm -hmm. to I think what's critical for us to understand here is in verse 8, how, how, how God sets this up. Mm -hmm. Will a man rob God? And, mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of times people talk about the difference between robbing and stealing, how robbing is like directly at gunpoint taking something from you, <laughs> not just taking Isn't something. Some experience okay. I, I, heard, I heard about it. Okay. I heard about it from Sebastian. <laughs> All right. So here, like, like God is saying, hey, will, will a man rob God, right? And it's not talking about, I mean, God takes tithe personal, I guess is the point that I'm trying to make with this. And it says, yet you have robbed me, but you say how you've robbed me in tithes and offerings and so forth and so on. And so I think that the, the foundation of the text stresses that tithe is something that takes place between us and God. It's, it's something that God takes personal. And I think it's, it's also interesting to note that throughout the structure of the book of Malachi, mm -hmm. God is having this conversation with his people where he makes this audacious claim about some way they've departed from him. Yeah. And then he tells them what they said, and then he responds to that response, mm -hmm. right? So he's like, well, you know, you say, well, uh, it, why is the Lord chosen you over this person? He said, but you say this, and then God responds, uh -huh. right? So it's almost very similar, you know, to uh, Revelation 3 with the Laodicean church. And he's like, well, you know, you think you're rich, increased with goods, but in actuality, this is what you are. Mm -hmm. And this idea that these people are not aware of their condition, yeah. right? And I think that's also a big part of this context of what you're saying with the question, like, will yeah. a man rob God? Right. The shockingness of the idea that you would rob your creator mm -hmm. 
-hmm. in and of itself, right, you'd be like, no. And so we see there's a, there's a different connection here that God is taking this personally. We looked yeah. at previous episodes that this tithe is almost a spiritual exercise. Right. That God yes. doesn't need our tithe. The Lord owns everything, yeah. but He, he we're also we're not paying our tithe. We're, we're returning yeah. our tithe back to Him. But let's go back to verse 10. The promise there that Jared was, was, was pointing out is that if I will not uh, pour, open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be enough room to receive. Is that, should that be taken at face value? Like, Lord, if I pay my 10%, I'm going to win the lottery tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you say that people respond that way? I mean, we definitely you know, have addressed the, in a previous episode the issue of, uh, of, of the prosperity gospel, yeah. right? So God is not necessarily saying that he's a, he's a jukebox or a vending machine, right? I put in my 50 cents, give me my candy bar. So we bar. need to be very careful of preachers who say, you got to pay tithe and mm -hmm. then God will bless you in all these ways. Yes. Which superficially, the verse is kind of saying that. So how do we disabuse ourselves of that interpretation? And I think that the core of it is, is that God is actually inviting the test, mm. right? He's asking you to see, do you really believe that mm. God can bless your 90% Mm -hmm. to do even above what your 100% would have done, mm -hmm. right? That is an issue of faith, right? So he's not saying, you know, guess what? This is how it works. This is like the cosmic casino, right? Throw the dice and cosmic this is, what, you know, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> to me, God is saying, listen, this, this whole tithe experience, not just convicting you on you're robbing me, but also, look, let's test and see that I'm yeah. faithful. Mm. Come and try me, right? God is inviting so the fact that he can be trusted. This is of his character, most yeah. definitely. So when you're spiritually like, or when you're financially in a difficult place and you don't know whether you should pay tithe or not, mm -hmm. you're saying, why, why am I in this financial situation? Mm -hmm. God, do you not know my financial situation? <laughs> or right. do you know and I are you care. enjoying that I'm suffering this much? That, those are the temptations mm -hmm. that, we have to, that, that, that we think God is doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and so it's a spiritual yeah. test for God's character. And, it's a, and, and I think what we missed uh, when you cut Sebastian off, what he was saying was before was <laughs> that this is not only a, a test for, for God, but it's also a way to check ourselves, a mm. test for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, notice there in verse 10, it says that there may be food in my house, right? So you kind of think like, all right, God needs our money because if we don't give money to God, there's going to be no food in his house. Mm. But it doesn't make sense when, and he's like, and then test me and then watch what happens. I'm going to give you a blessing that you can't receive. So it's almost like we're not giving tithe to God because he needs our money. Mm -hmm. Or because if we don't give money to God, yeah. then th th there isn't going to be any food. Yes. But God is saying, hey, give money to me, and I'm going to give you more than what you've given me in return. And so it's not like God is in need of our money, but, but tithing, or this particular text, points out the fact that this is a way for us to test ourselves. Mm. It's not only a way to test God, but in testing God, we also mm. test ourselves. Are we really putting our money... Uh, where our mouth is. Oh, yeah, I'm a follower of God, but then... Uh, and you know, Israel, I, I want to I kind of, you know, dig into that phrase, right, that there may be food in my house, because I agree with you, right, that it's mm -hmm. not that God needs it, but at the same time, I do think that there is a critical point there, which is that you're concerned about your house, but you're not concerned about God's house, yeah. right? And how can this be a creator creation relationship. I love God with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and I'm not concerned about his house. Yeah. Right. Because those who are serving God and ministering in the temple, which is his house, mm -hmm. right, they should be taken care of. Yeah. And God's ordained means is the yeah. tithe. Yeah. Sure. There, there's a sense, and I agree with what, what you're saying, but there's a sense that 
God has made himself vulnerable and dependent upon human beings. He's not dependent upon us, right? Mm -hmm. But you think about the meek and lowly Jesus born in a manger. Um, you have the wise men come and they give their gifts and their offerings. This is likely how Joseph and Mary, who are very poor, escape Herod and go down to Egypt. And support himself. So I'm so there's there's a sense where yes, God God he he's he's not dependent on us, mm -hmm. but he makes himself in a sense dependent upon yeah. his people and entrusting them with these privileges yeah. so that we have the privilege of participating with him. Which mm -hmm. goes back to first Corinthians nine. It's not that God needs it, but that's how God ordained it. That's the plan that he yeah. laid out. Yeah. That's that's the way that he set things up. Mm -hmm. He set things up in a way to function this. It's not that he needs our money, but that's that's how he that's yeah. how he designed Hold it. Hold that thought. We're gonna have to take a break here. I'm gonna interrupt you one more time. And when we come back after the break, we'll hit we'll hit uh, Israel's comment afterwards. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back to Inverse here. We're going to go, go back to Israel. And what were you saying before I cut you off? <laughs> we're, to give a recap of what we're talking about, the, we're talking about the tithing system. Mm -hmm. And we looked at 1 Corinthians 9, basically tells us that God is not only concerned that we give, but he also has a plan for how, for how we should give. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he, he doesn't need our money because he's broke. It's not like my few dollars that I return to him in tithe is going to make or break his, his work. But he, but he inserts himself into our plan so that he depends on that money, even though he doesn't need that money. Mm -hmm. And so that's essentially what we're looking at when it comes to tithe, that God depends on our money, doesn't need it, and he has ordained a system that includes us and him because more than, more than, more than a revelation of who God is, it's also a revelation of who we are, how we interact with him when it comes to tithing. Yeah, in many ways, this is kind of a, 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 an uncomfortable discussion. We're talking about spiritual things, and we're not adding money into it. And there's a lot of young people out there who say, you know, I do not like organized religion. Have you guys heard that before? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> like, they're just out there to get money and stuff. And you're talking mm -hmm. about systems and mm -hmm. whatnot. Like, let me ask you, does God use systems? And, and what, 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 how does this, what happens to tie is, in this, this intersection of all this stuff? Jerry. First of all, God is very systematic in his thinking. He's a systematic and you, you thinker. You see this mm -hmm. in, in how, I mean, go to the Old Testament. I know it's super boring. Um, there's some, some good stuff in there where it's, I'm sorry. I mean, super boring. I'm not talk about it. I mean, you have it's, to parse. I don't think it's super boring. It's very interesting. Well, yes. But I'm a nerd. But so you, for, for nerds, yes, it is super interesting. <laughs> I mean, in, in the bigger picture, I mean, you see God's ultimate plan and purpose. There's mm -hmm. a lot of, I guess, I mean, it's not necessarily boring as much as it is super detailed, and you have to parse through a lot of those details mm -hmm. and have them, you know, find mm -hmm. sense in yeah. the, the greater narrative. But God, you know, in the way he laid out the, the tribes, in the way he organized them, mm -hmm. like, why did Jesus choose 12 disciples? Why not 14? Why not seven? Why not some other number? I mean, there, there's specific intention in mm -hmm. the way God does things. And then when he calls his disciples in the New Testament, take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Is that going to happen in a disorganized, yeah. unsystematic mm -hmm. way? We're talking about major global ob mm -hmm. objectives. Mm -hmm. So 
I guess to echo Paul again, let everything be done decently and in order. And it's not just a church thing. Like any organization, any group, if it wants to do anything, must be organized to a certain degree. And I think, you know, Absolutely. I would say... Uh, because I mean, because I'm interested in these things, I like to get to the nitty gritty and see the system. But that's really any interest that we have. Those who are interested in the NBA, the NBA is a system. There's yeah. organism, there's teams, there's a certain structure, rules by which someone who's not interested may think this is just a lot of it's a system that's kind of boring and complicated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if there's interest in it, there's 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 a lot of passion there behind it. Right. Everything yeah. that is worthwhile yeah. requires a systematic way in order for it to succeed. Yeah. And you. You know, you look at elections, the elections that win are elections that have a ground game, yeah. right? It's not just you have an awesome, charismatic leader that is promoting a certain idea. That, that might be part of it, but they all had a ground game. Mm -hmm. That's why they were successful. And they would tell you themselves, it's, we won because of our ground game. Mm -hmm. And so God has, God has everything taken care of. It's a systematic way. Religion is systematic. God has a, he's got a plan for salvation. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. uh, and so God is an organized individual. You kind of answered it, but let me bring up the question, what is the, the goal of this system? What is it out there to do? Is it just to hire some ministers and keep them fed? Or is it to propagate a traditional institution from forever? Or what are we essentially trying to do? Well, I think the, I mean, going back to the, the first text, right, in 1 Corinthians 9, mm -hmm. the goal of the system was to support ministers who were preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. So in essence, right, the purpose of the system is to further the movement of the gospel throughout the earth, which is to complete that mission, mm -hmm. right? So if you're supporting the minister who's like, well, I can now preach the gospel, go for it, and not look over my shoulder mm -hmm. and see, well, oh, no, my wife is starving. My kids don't have food. He starts becoming conflicted in his heart, yeah. right? Should I preach the gospel or should I go get a job so that I can support my family? Yeah, and there's, there's tension in that. And I love the emphasis is that we're there to support the minister who's preaching the gospel. Absolutely. There's some people are like, it's just there to support the minister Period. Yeah, and no. And there's, there's issues with that. No, this is not an overhead cost supporting expense. Supporting the system yeah. for the sake of really no goal, you know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's, I think there's sure. three reasons that, that the system is in place. And I think that there's probably a lot more that we don't even know, mm. right? Mm. Uh, and, and that's the thing, that God doesn't necessarily give us every detail as to why we need the system. Mm. One, of the, one of the key reasons is that, that we support ministers. And, and I think that... We're preaching the gospel. Yeah, mm -hmm. preaching the gospel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to come back to that. Yeah, yeah that's important. That's important. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that that's the only reason, mm -hmm. you know, because all of us should be preaching the gospel. So the argument can be made, hey, I'm preaching the gospel. Okay. Should I then accept tithe two okay. on my well, endeavors to preach? Okay, the argument. Right. Okay, so, so, what, what so I think that, that, that that's a reason. Okay. Um, and secondly, what I, what I also want to point out is that, because I'm a minister myself, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And I hope that there's enough integrity in me that even if I did not get paid, I would still preach the gospel, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. That's a calling. It's not a job. Uh -huh. uh, more than just preaching the gospel, more than supporting the ministry of the gospel, there's also an element of unselfishness that tithing is... So there's uh, a character development. There's a character element, too. Okay. Yeah. Elaborate on that. And so tithing allows me to 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 exercise selflessness mm -hmm. you know and and not worry about me but also worry about other people mm. And that's critical. You know, that's, that's the system that God lays in place. There are so many, there are, it, it's very easy for me, whether I'm rich or poor or somewhere in the middle, it's very easy for me to just focus on my needs, mm -hmm. what I need to do, surviving myself. And, and the heart is selfish. You know, the heart, I, I am a very selfish individual. Mm -hmm. and, and put in the right situations, those things will be exposed. But I think, I think that, you know, the very core of what you're saying, right, is what we've been driving at the whole 
you know, these several lessons that we've covered, right. which is that it was never yours. Right? Exactly. Right. And yeah. I think that's the fundamental yeah. tension there, which is that God has servants in his house. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they need to be the money that you have right. is actually his money. Yeah. Right. And he just wants 10 percent of it back, yeah. which which goes back to the perception and the evilness of the human condition that you're holding on to something that's not even yours. Yeah. You're selfish exactly. with something that is not. You're a manager acting like an owner. Yeah. That's right. What's you know? your third point is really you're saying. I think the third point is also let me look at my notes. It's trust in God. <laughs> it's trust in God. Uh, you know, we live in a society with the GoFundMe thing, and, and it's, all right, you know, I, I want a new... Yeah, no, young people today want yeah. to know exactly where, where their dollar is going. Yeah. I want to know where my five bucks is, is mm -hmm. it going to pay for the minister's Bible or the yeah. light bulb in the church? Like, where right. is it going? His pens. So, you know, you have, you have the, the, the whole GoFundMe, you know, culture where yes. it's like, I'm going to give these five dollars, and with these, I expect these five dollars to pay the the salary of the person making the bag or making the hat or whatever they are doing and 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 to to go specifically for this thing not anything yeah. else yeah. and you know you deal with nonprofit organizations you know we we always have uh, to for accountability right, purposes, reporting for financial reports, this is what exactly we're doing. how we use them. Now, yes. when it comes to the system of tithing and when it comes, you know, we're returning tithe to God and he's got a systematic way to do that. But we need to ultimately trust God that I'm giving this money. I'm returning this money back to you. It was never mine to begin with. I'm returning mm -hmm. it back to you. And now, Lord, you do whatever it is that you need to do with it. You worry about whether some crook pastor is taking it and using it to buy a Benz or mm -hmm. whatever. And, and, but that's not my problem. That's your problem. That's something that you're dealing with. And we need to, like, let go and let God. You know what I mean? And that's what this is <laughs> an opportunity so, I mean, so I, let go and let God. I mean, that, mm -hmm. I, I, I love that. But where, I got it from where does accountability <laughs> come into place? Let's say there is gross abuse occurring. I don't know if there is gross abuse, but let's say mm -hmm. hypothetically there is. Yeah. Should we just be blind to that, Jared? Yeah, well, I was just going to say that most nonprofit organizations, and certainly the church, has auditors. Yeah. I mean, there's there 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 are people in place that check and double check that are not employed yeah. mm -hmm. from the inner circle to make sure that things are being used appropriately. So there are already systems in place for to prevent that from happening. There are some systems in place, and I would I would say beyond that, God will call every person to account, okay. not just the payer, not just or I should say returner, yes, right? Because yes, I'm returning. Yes, I'm not yes, paying God. I'm returning mm -hmm. what's his. But as I return, uh, you know, I, I will be held uh, in account, and those who use it will also be held oh, to yeah. account. But so you that, that gives me, that does give me comfort, though, that it's, it's, you know, we do have to keep each other mutually accountable. There are systems in place formally in the organization, but at the end of the day, this is the Lord we're talking about, and mm -hmm. he will recompense and and give back, uh, return that which is due to the person <laughs> that committed the crime. I mean, he, he knows all these things. And right. Rather than me inflicting my wrath, I mean, the Lord's going to burden Well, I think, I think it's, it's, it's two things, right? Because I understand the, the tension of, you know, it's hard. You have to understand, right, the pathos of that, right? It's supporting ministers or preaching the gospel. But if people feel like the, he's not preaching the gospel, right, this person is not ministering, right? And they do see it as a job. You know, mm. the, the second point undermines the, again, right, it's not yours, mm, right? right? 
and it goes back to the fact that you're not the unjust widow, I mean the unjust judge and suffering at the injustice of the widow, mm. right? And people feel like, well, I'm not being fed, right? The gospel is not being preached, right? And the, the fact of the matter is you're not dependent on the minister for your spirituality, right? You're not dependent on the minister for what you're doing and how you're doing in your relationship with God. But at the same time, you have to trust that the owner of the tithe who is God, will hold people accountable yeah. Yeah. who take up the sacrifices right. of the Amen. temple and, and do think, not minister. I think that, that attitude of, of saying things are not being done the way I feel they should be done yes. mm-hmm. yeah, according to my ideas and my plans, therefore mm-hmm. I'm going to withhold. Um, but what if it's according seems, to God's plan? That, well, see, and that's the thing. That's why we have to be very careful because I don't want my own arrogance mm-hmm. yeah. um, to impede what God yeah. is wanting to do. So there's a level of faith when that occurs. Well, it, there's even, a level even of, in the yeah. abuse of that, there's yeah. a level of faith that's developed in that. We need to trust God that he's the CEO of his church, mm-hmm. and we need to trust God that he's aware of what is happening and he's going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we return tithe, we're giving, you know, we're giving to God something that already belongs to him and we're entrusting him to say you're in charge of your work you know it's not something that we take the place of God by demanding that our tithe be used for whatever we want it to be used for mm-hmm. and that's why you know we have tithes and offerings you know we can decide how we there's an element of us deciding what we want our dollars to go to and we mm-hmm. give to nonprofit organizations to charity etc cetera, etc cetera. we're free to do that but there's also an element of God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender this to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to entrust you that you're going to take care of your church. You're going to take care of your work. You're going to take care of the people that work for you, these ministers who have, mm-hmm. by the way, an awesome responsibility on them. If right. they miss, I mean, to misuse tithe, to misuse the talents that God has entrusted to us in the sacred work of it's ministry. A carnal offense. It is. It is yeah. You do not want to be on that side, right? Sure. And, and so... <laughs> By, giving, by returning tithe, we're not only entrusting God that he's going to take care of his work, he's going to take care of me. We're eliminating selfishness, and at the very, very same time, we're advancing the but, work of God. But we got to go even deeper to the heart, right? If you look at the Hophni and Phinehas, right, mm-hmm. Eli's sons, people are bringing offerings, yeah. right, to God, which is required, right? You're bringing this offering, yes. right, and the minister is supposed to take the, a part of that, but they're yes. obviously taking stuff that doesn't belong to yes. them, right? So... The real heart of it is the reason why they were bringing that offering, right, to God and returning essentially to him in a spirit of gratitude was out of worship, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, Hophni and Phinehas were abusing the system, right? No question. And God had a plan, right, through Samuel that he revealed of how he was going to deal with this and change the priesthood to Samuel's line. But I think at the core of it is I have to accept that me bringing my tithe to God is my way of oh, worshiping God. So regardless of who, whatever right. happens, it's me and the Lord, not right. me and the student. This is you not can, about yeah, sure, nickel sure. and diming what's yeah, done sure. with the offering. You, you can also say, and this is a crazy example, but you can also look to the example of Jesus in his day. Here's a woman who comes. She puts a little mm-hmm. half a penny mm-hmm. into the offering, and Jesus says, he, you know, he commends her, and he pronounces a blessing on her. She doesn't have anything. She's giving her little... Who knows, that could have been part of the 30 pieces of silver that they paid out to Judas for Jesus' betrayal, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so we're talking about systemic corruption in Jesus' day that I would venture to say that in my church, I don't see those kind of things in my church. Mm-hmm. And Jesus Jesus 
commended this woman for her faithfulness, and he mm. will commend and he'll bless us as we also It's been a very good point. discussion, a very discussion. I hope you've been blessed by this discussion. I have really been opening my eyes to the accountability that we all have towards God singularly. We've been too used to human nonprofit organizations and corruption, and sometimes we impose that anxiety upon the Lord's, the Lord's structure. <laughs> Um, someone told me this, is that when we pay tithe, it is a sign, a manifestation of how much we trust the Lord. But when we give offerings, it's how much we love the Lord. And so there's, there's, a, there's no true. ceiling to that. And so my, my prayer for myself and for my panelists and for all of you is let's give abundantly to the Lord. Let's not grumble and then see how much He will bless in all the areas of our life. Hope you enjoy this episode of Inverse. We'll see you next week here, same channel, same time. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.